Coming up, a film and food review of the 1994 film Eat, Drink, Man, Woman. Welcome to the Film and Food Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Roberts, and thank you again for joining us for episode 24. I'm really excited for this episode. It's a great movie, and we have returning guest Nick Charlie Key back on the episode for a third time. So I'm really looking forward to diving into that in just a second. And I've really just been enjoying all of the bonus episodes, all of the main show episodes we've been releasing. We're really making 2022 one of our best years yet, so make sure you go and check out all of our other episodes that we've been producing and thank you so much for your support on that note i wanted to say a quick welcome to the film and food podcast we celebrate all things culinary and cinematic in film so if you're a foodie or a cinephile or both like me this is the podcast for you we do film and food reviews like the one we're doing in this episode where we give a comprehensive review of a film or tv show plus give you at least one film-based recipe for you to try at home We also do fantasy film and food drafts, where me and my guests draft our ultimate film and food experiences from our favorite director's filmographies or a category of our choosing. We have triple threat episodes, we have our bonus 20 frog mouth episodes, and lots more. So go subscribe to the show on your favorite podcasting platform, and follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to stay up to date with everything that happens at the podcast. And thank you so much for your support. So today's episode is a film and food review, and for those who are listening for the first time and don't know what that is, we review a movie or a TV show and we do it in three segments. First, we look at the menu. We give a brief overview of the film, looking at the writer, the director, having a look at some facts about the movie, give our general first impressions. Then it's time to dine. This is where we give our spoiler-filled review of the film. We dive off into all different sorts of directions, but we mainly do our highlights, our favorite film moments, our favorite food moments. And this is where we also give our film-based recipe or recipes for this episode. Then finally, we give our compliments to the chef, and this is where we give our final thoughts and ratings. And every film and food review, I have a special guest on the show, and I'm so, so excited to have the amazing Nick Charlie Key from the Fantastic History of Food podcast back on for a third time. You might have heard him in episode 9, where we reviewed the film Big Night, and in episode 19, where we reviewed the film Who is Killing the Great Chefs of Europe. He has an amazing podcast, he's an amazing friend of the show, and I'm sure you're going to love our conversation on the film Eat, Drink, Man, Woman. So let's pass it over to my initial conversation with Nick Chaliki, where we catch up on everything that's been going in both of our worlds. All right, well, it's my pleasure to have back on the show yet again, host of the Fantastic History of Food podcast, Nick Chaliki. Hey, Chris, nice to be back again. Love being on the show. Just love talking movies with you. And I love that you always uh, push me to watch interesting films that I wouldn't probably otherwise watch. So happy to be back. Yeah, well, it's so good to have you back. Um, I'm just laughing because I I managed to record an episode with a friend of mine who, again, I push him pretty hard with the choice of movies that (laughs) he says the exact same thing to me, basically, that you just said. Like, I wouldn't watch Uh, these movies if you didn't suggest them to me. So thank you. Was that the, the, no worries. Was that the Omar Rice episode? Oh, no, that was, um, that was different. But there's another one coming up where um, Uh, we, uh, we talk about the movie Phantom Thread. 
Um, it's probably okay. out by the time this one will get released. But yeah, he was a bit like, I think you almost pushed me a bit too hard on this one. <laughs> um, uh, hopefully you don't think about this movie because I quite enjoyed this one. But yeah, we'll me talk too. about that more in a second. Um, mm. How are you? How's your How's your show? How's How's life? Yeah, so the show uh, the show's doing well. Um, picking up listeners. I don't know how or why, but it's just good. Um, and have uh, yeah, I've been picked up onto Spreaker, which is part of um, I think iHeartRadio Network. They have taken me on as one of their prime shows now. So it's just um, wow. yeah, it's just a yeah, it's just a cool um, extra revenue stream. Um, and and also just getting. Um, it seems like my ad, uh, my my ad uptake is like is just coming in quite a lot. So I'm having to do a lot of work there, which is really nice because it's actually finally helping to pay off some of the initial costs of setting up a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. um, so that's been it's been good. It's been a good last six months or so on the show, um, and have um, yeah, I've got some cool episodes in the pipeline. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I know many of uh, my listeners probably have heard you over the two episodes we have done, but in case they don't, what mm. is your podcast about? Yeah, sure. So in in the briefest way possible, it's um, it just tells interesting stories from history that in some way involve food. So uh, recent examples would be uh, a story about a guy called CKG Billings, who was a famous horse, horse enthusiast um, in New York City. And uh, he decided one day, instead of... Um, Instead of having just a normal banquet, he hired out this entire banquet hall and had everyone have their meals on horseback. So he had a horseback banquet in this hall. Uh, it was just amazing. And the kind of things he served were incredible. We've also got a, uh, an, an episode in the pipeline coming up where um, this guy basically um, had a threw a dinner party for all of his friends, but uh, had all of their gravestones on the seats. And it was like this death-themed party. It was a really strange guy, but he was kind of playing with really interesting ideas around it. So it's just it's just lots of weird stories from history um, about weird and interesting people and somehow it always involves food at some point. Yeah, amazing. Wow, that sounds so... Those sound super cool. Um, the, yeah. the, the one that I liked recently, because my wife is practically obsessed with potatoes, uh, was mm. when you gave the history of how pota- potatoes are a South American food. Like... absolutely no idea about that so that was fascinating like having to convince the population in europe to try and eat potatoes like it's crazy how much has changed since then so yeah yeah fascinated me yeah that that man uh parmentier was a was a was a visionary the one i actually really liked recently sorry just to go off topic was the was i don't know if you've listened to it yet is the candy bomber of berlin episodes basically just this world war ii pilot's who when uh, they were doing the Berlin airlift when the East and West Berlin were separated and every day they'd fly in supplies and he would fly over and just drop um, sweets out of the window for all the kids in the, in the town. So it's just an amazing story really of hope. Wow. But also yeah, no, just I a fun food. that one yet. So a fun food story. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So good. Well, yeah, we, we've, we've done two movies now and this is our third hmm talking mm-hmm. about Ang Lee's film, Eat, Drink, Man, Woman. Very interesting that this is directed by Ang Lee. Um, yeah. He's one of the most, anyway, he's one of the most interesting directors in terms of the movie. Because nowadays he's just making all of these kind of like high budget sci-fi action movies. And <laughs> yeah. There was once a time he did these sort of low scale family dramas. Um, mm. yeah. Okay. 
Before we dive into the rest of my conversation with Nick Charlie Key, first it's time to look at the menu. So let's look at the film Eat, Drink, Man, Woman. This 1994 film is directed by Ang Lee, who also wrote the script with James Shamus and Hu Ling Wang. It stars Si Hung Lung, Kui Mei Yang, Yu Wen Wang, Chen Lian Wu, Sylvia Chang, and Winston Chow. And the plot is as follows. A senior chef lives with his three grown daughters. The middle one finds her future plans affected by unexpected events and the life changes of the other household members. Of course, we just talked about how this film is directed by Ang Lee, who went on to direct films like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Brokeback Mountain, Lust and Caution, and Life of Pi. And this is one of his original, earlier films, one of his most underrated and a fantastic film and food movie. And I'm really excited to share my conversation with Nick Charlie Key. We go into all, all parts of this movie. So, yes, this is a spoiler warning. You are about, we're about to go full spoilers. You are going to be spoiled. So go and seek this film out if you haven't already. It's on Australian Netflix, but go seek it out. Go give it a watch unless you are willing to be spoiled because we're about to dive into the full review. It's time to dine. Okay, welcome to the review. I'm now going to pass it over to my conversation with Nick Charlie Key. So enjoy. Yeah, so did you have any highlights from this film that we watched? Uh, oh, geez. I mean, I think the I think that probably the opening sequence was probably my big highlight. Um, just uh, I know we'll get into more of it now, but yo, it was. Uh, it was I mean, it was. Uh, it was just, I mean, I don't know if you saw the trivia. Um, I know you do your research. They said just that opening sequence took over a week just to shoot just that opening sequence because there was just so much cooking. But um, this is amazing watching. Um, and you know, what, you know why I think it was it was it touched such a chord for me was because um, I think I've, I've, I must have mentioned this on one of the previous episodes, but I did spend a year living in Korea. So it's not the same as Chinese culture, obviously, but but Asian culture is very similar in the, in the way that they do their their cooking and so um to it's it, it kind of was just sparking some memories for me from some really happy times um living in asia for a year so that yeah amazing how about you yeah i i, I was gonna you took the words out of my mouth the opening scene <laughs> was incredible i was go yeah i think yeah because he's you realize you later that he is a, a yeah. highly trained skilled chef and you can't not see that when he's knife skills i was like the knife skills oh. in the opening scene just blowing yeah. my mind i was like this guy yeah. is so good um even just the way he can get the seeds out of a chili in like one knife movement um yeah. and oh and oh the the way he makes the dumplings oh my goodness oh, when there's a little, my brain yeah. oh yeah, my goodness how like it looked like perfect dumpling that you would see with that yeah. pattern on the top and yeah. the way he does it by hand just kind of blew my mind. So, yes. And so quick, the dexterity highlight. of his fingers just to get that uh, that movement so precise over and over and over again. No mess up. Unreal. But the one thing about that scene I thought was so funny, I actually made a note about it, was um, the whoever was doing like the foley, like the sound um, design, was getting very excited uh, about the squishy, sloshy, um, like... When there was when he was like taking the guts out of a fish, they really yeah. let you know with the sound <laughs> that there was guts coming out of a fish. So Chicken, it was a like yeah, up and yeah, very squishy. A lot of very over the top squishy sounds, but <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> I, I quite enjoyed it. Oh man, yeah. I think the other highlight for me is uh, is kind of the 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 uh, surprises of the plot. I guess you would say. Mm. Um, yeah. 
like every i think that's the point every sunday dinner which is what mm. this opening scene is showing the preparation from every sunday dinner there seems to be an announcement made that yeah. is quite shocking and yeah i mean we'll probably talk about the end one last but that one like, <laughs> yeah. what yeah, wow. um but yeah. the you know so you find out we're already in spoiler territory here but you find out like the youngest daughter at one of these sunday dinners that she's moving in with her boyfriend who she somewhat stole from her best friend and yeah. that she's gonna have a baby and you're going oh wow and then boom like in in one second she's out of the house yeah and then you've got the oldest daughter who is sort of kind of giving eyes to the volleyball coach and then boom in like two seconds it's like well i wear christian i'm a christian and <laughs> i'm getting married so that yeah. i don't break any of my christian rules about marriage and yeah we're married now and bye we're out of the house too yeah um i yeah anyway it's very i feel like that's a pretty iconic phrase from this movie i have an announcement to make yeah yeah um, yeah and the middle daughter obviously with her losing her house and then obviously coming to move overseas and so a lot of um, I think I think it's probably I was going to say it's probably helpful for us to to just upfront label them as oldest, middle, and youngest because I don't want to butcher the names. Uh, yeah. I know it was like Jie Chen, Jie Niang, yes. and Jie Jen or something, but I, I know yes. that I probably will get and, confused and between so them. So Jie Ning is the youngest, Jie Chen yeah. is the middle, and Jie Jen is the oldest. So yeah. we tried, but for the sake of the show running smoothly yeah. i think that's a, a good way of talking yeah. about them but yeah um <clears throat> yeah and then i guess the other highlight which we'll probably talk about more is just yeah the way food is used in this movie which is super mm. interesting um but yeah i guess i mean we'll, we'll we'll talk about it sequentially i'm i'm sure so i don't want to jump ahead but yeah yeah, yeah let's, let's get let's about... let's get let's get into it but so... you do your do your spoiler do your spoiler alert warning now Oh yeah, we, we've already broke it. So <laughs> um, let's yeah dive right in. So basically, this movie is about this dad, Mister Chu. You find out he's a a widower. He's um about sixteen years before the movie set. His wife died, um, and he is a chef at this restaurant in this huge. Uh, we like I don't know if they if the restaurant set and just does these big weddings and banquets, but that's what it seems like based yeah, on wow. the, the location. That one wedding scene was super intense. Um, yeah. But then in the end, he has three daughters and they all basically this whole movie, it's quite interesting. It's just basically based around their relationships. It's almost like a coming of age movie per se mm. in how mm. each of them sort of are looking for their career or not even their careers but how they deal with their life and finding love and um, mm. their relationship with their dad at home and yeah so what's what sort of stood out to you in the i guess in the opening parts of this movie yeah i think so i think um you're talking about the themes and i think that uh, you, you you pick it up early on but it is a recurring theme throughout but it seems like in this family food is like a love language between between the and and it's it's almost indicative of that first scene when they're having that when you see the father prepare that massive Sunday meal I mean it looks like 20 30 dishes he spent the whole day cooking and just making incredible food and the daughter's kind of 
come round for dinner and no one really wants to eat the food and they're all complaining a little bit. And it's almost the, it's like the way they're interacting with the food is, is indicative of their relationships with each other. So I think you, you get that idea from the starting point that things are amiss in this family and things are, are not, um, uh, you know, all, all good. Um, and I think it's, it's, it almost plays out and you start to see, pick up on that theme of how he's, he as this master chef has begun to lose his own taste, which becomes a theme throughout. Mm. He's beginning to lose his taste buds. And so the daughters are sort of picking up, oh, he's put, you know, he's oversmoked the ham or he's done this and they're picking up because they know, I mean, they've been around his cooking his whole life. They're going to be the people who are going to pick up when he's starting to make his mistakes or starting to slip a little bit. But, but like you said, what stood out to me in, in, especially in those first sequences was when he gets called away from that dinner to go to that banquet was just the scale of uh that kitchen and the and that banquet hall i mean they they had almost that i can't remember now if it was a continuous shot or was just kept cutting but of him just walking almost like this labyrinth of of different parts of this kitchen that looked like it could have been the size of a, a football field you know just one kitchen i mean it was unbelievable how big that was and then they showed you the the scene out in the banquet hall i mean there must have been a thousand people that they were trying to feed in there i mean it was incredible yeah oh the the kitchen scene was amazing because it reminded mm. me um, of this movie called Boiling Point, which I recommend mm. if you've got a chance to watch. It came out this yeah. year. It's a shot entirely in one take in a kitchen wow. in England. Um, and wow. it's and it's basically about like the busiest night in the year and the chef is under a lot of pressure and you basically just watch this commercial kitchen oh my goodness, is it the most anxiety-inducing an hour and a half you've ever seen? But it's really well yeah. done. It made me never want to work as a chef ever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but you see Mr. Chu, it's pretty cool because before, exactly right, he set up this character to be, I guess his only way he really shows love because he doesn't really seem mm. to be an overly emotional guy is mm. by preparing these elaborate dishes, doing what he does best and... Yeah, he's not getting the appreciation he thinks he deserves, or what, like sixteen hours of cooking, whatever it is, yeah, uh, from his daughters, and then to see mm. him then in his sort of environment where he is the boss, where he's the savior, because he comes mm. in that uh, they've called him up, and there there's this wedding going on, and someone's bought uh, fake fins. So <laughs> apparently they think the fins are just not good ones, but then you know he co he comes over and says basically, ah oh, no, like these are fake fins because they fall apart in the pot. But he knows he well he kind of is winging it and knows what to do because he says he's mm. going to make this completely new dish, and they're like, well, how on earth are you going to do that? And he's like, well, by the time I've made the dish, I'll know how I've done it, <laughs> <laughs> um, which is pretty cool and. I like that scene because I think it does, again, show you sort of Mr. Chu's uh, world. And and you also meet his friend, who I just need to find. Old Wen. Um, Old Wen. Old Wen, of course. Mr. Wen. And Mr. Wen plays a big role in his life because he mm. basically tastes all of Mr. Chu's food. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, as the movie goes on, as Mr. Old Wen suffers these uh, uh this sickness and then eventually death you realize how much of a role he plays in mr mm. chu's life and um mm. yeah so 
from there, basically, you flow into the to the daughter's story, and it's interesting what they all do because one of his daughters works for a fast food restaurant, um, mm. which is pretty interesting because obviously her dad is like a insanely like the food she's getting on a Sunday night. Like most people will never eat that in their yeah. entire life. Like yeah. that's how good it is. But like she works for a fast food restaurant and then yeah. her middle, the middle daughter, I think is the one is the most interesting character of the movie because she's got this executive job as a, um, as a, oh, sorry, as an airplane executive, um, working out routes and she's, uh, in the line to get a promotion. But you find out throughout the film that she really kind of wanted to be a chef that her dad sort of encouraged her to study and yeah. And then the oldest daughter is this science teacher who, seems a bit uptight, seems to have, uh, you know, has found Christian faith and has had this sort of heartbreak in her past, which we find out later and which I would like to hear your thoughts about, seems yeah. to be made up. Um, I couldn't I couldn't quite figure that out myself. It's because I, yeah, I mean, let's just talk about it now. I mean, it's um, the her whole story of this, of, of being like, the jilted um, like older sister and you know in Chinese culture and in Asian culture you know if you're not married by the age of 30 you're basically on the shelf you know and uh, you're an old maid and so there's a big focus on you've got to find someone you've got to find someone and all the older all the older women in the show in the movie are like you need to get a boyfriend you need to get a, a husband you need to get married um, you know and it kind of feels like she's just resolved in herself well I had this boyfriend at university I loved him. It didn't work out. Uh, and I will never love another. And then, you know, later on, you find that now the middle sister, the airline executive has now started working with this guy who's like cool and hip and everything. And she finds out that this is the exact guy that her older sister was in love with at university. But now they are starting to have a connection. And obviously, as you say, there's a moment when they, you know, uh, begin to have a passionate embrace, shall we say. And, um, it all comes to this head of her going, how can you do this knowing that, knowing that my name, how can you not even remember my sister? And then he goes like, what are you talking about? I don't remember your sister at all. And it, I couldn't quite, I couldn't quite figure out from that scene because he then goes, was he saying, oh, he did kiss her once, but it was just like a kiss and he was actually dating someone else. And she was like, oh, this whole thing's made up. Or was he saying, oh, we were never together at all. I couldn't quite figure out what he was actually trying to say. Yeah, I, I'm i not entirely sure either. I thought maybe that he knew of her because she was maybe, like they maybe saw each other or she was seeing his friend, something yeah. like that. Um, but clearly it wasn't the relationship heartbreaking, both of them, uh, you know, yeah what you would imagine the relationship is played out to be considering that she hasn't yeah. really dated someone for eight years or whatever it is. It's, yeah. It didn't happen to that extent is, is kind of what I got from it, but yeah. it's interesting. Like it doesn't really explain why. And you think that like, she's going to go and confront um, yeah. Chen, the middle child. Like you think she's going to go confront her, but she doesn't. That's what I also found quite strange. Is it almost like this massive, thing happens going oh you know and then it just is never resolved so that was the only weird thing for me is that 
I don't know if she if it was like a pity thing and she was like oh well, I don't you know I know this thing about her now and I'm a bit sad for her but it also doesn't explain then why if she did believe that it wasn't real why she didn't end up with that guy because then there was technically nothing stopping her mm. if they really did like each other so it was a strange it, that was a, that was the only strange part of the movie I didn't quite understand how that all played out but it was interesting nonetheless yeah oh i agree i think i was i was really waiting after that because they kind of set up a confrontation because mm. they were in the kitchen washing the dishes after one of the sunday dinners mm. i think talking about the youngest daughter uh, um and and the, the oldest and the middle daughter were just talking with each other and having a revelation about like you know oh i, I never you know i never saw your heart you never showed it to me i always thought you hated mm. me like this quite deep conversation and then the middle sister finds out that this was kind of all a lie. And then, mm. then suddenly boom, she's moved and left and that's sort of it. So yeah, it was, I think that was a strange, strange thing for yeah. me as well. Because it, it was, it was played out like for the older sister, the teacher that, you know, this heartbreak was almost something that had defined her life. You know, it was the reason why she was she was the sad, like dour. Uh, you know, didn't put a lot of. And I only say this because of the fact that they they almost do that um, that grease transformation with her. You know, in in mm. in the movie. <laughs> yes. You know, so she doesn't. You know, in in her world, doesn't put a lot of effort into her appearance until she starts to fall in love with the volleyball teacher. And then she comes to school with her hair all done nicely and makeup on and everything. But before that, I mean, I still think she looked quite nice. But I mean. In the movie, she's made to seem as if she's just given up hope of because of this massive heartbreak that apparently now never happened. So it's very strange. And you don't get her rationale behind why she chose that almost. No. Unless, unless in her mind, it was it was very much this one-sided thing that she built up. Like she genuinely believes she was in love with this guy and it didn't work out. And I don't know. I don't know. But it yeah, was interesting. Yeah. I think. I think definitely there could have been that factor of her being so in love and maybe mm. an initial connection happening and then maybe he retreated because he didn't have the same feelings. Mm. Mm. And maybe she was embarrassed of how deeply it hurt her and then fabricated a story to make it seem like a thing more acceptable for her family to believe. But anyway, um, yeah. but that's yeah. sort of, we did touch on our story a bit then. Um, the youngest daughter story is quite interesting as well mm. because you initially, uh, you hear her talking to her best friend and her best friend's in this relationship uh, with this guy and basically it's, hey, you said you would cover my last hour of my shift because I need to go to Sunday dinner. But she's going... Um, no, I'm, I'm meant to see my boyfriend and he's talking about how he's kind of torturing him. And so then he's actually said, oh, well, I'll keep him waiting an hour because, well, I, you know, I'll keep torturing him. And then yeah. as the youngest daughter leaves, they kind of strike up conversation. And over the course of the movie, uh, basically sees him more and more and is the one delivering mm. the bad news and basically seeming like the angel compared to the girlfriend mm. who is is really tormenting him and then there's this mm. big scene basically where she, the girlfriend is breaking down because obviously the boyfriend's broken up broken off things with her and she's going mm. 
but I loved him. It was all like all yeah. thing, you know. And I was a bit like, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I was a bit like, yeah, like now when I found out what you actually did, like that was probably a bit far. But also, I don't know how you call any of that a healthy relationship. Um, no. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, from the from the very beginning when she's going, oh, this is my boyfriend, but I'm just kind of using him. I don't even really like him. So the other girl's like, you know, the the, the youngest daughter, the friend of, of the friends, you know, the youngest daughter says, okay, well, you know, whatever. And then, like you say, ends up meeting him outside as she's leaving. And she obviously thinks, well, he's quite a nice guy. It doesn't really deserve to be treated like this. And they, like you say, strike up her friendship. And then what I thought was quite interesting as well was um, coming back to the, like the food as the central almost theme of relational health uh you know between them and as they starting to spark their sort of new relationship they are at that sort of not it's like a tofu noodle bar that they mm. go to to eat at and so it's interesting that that food then plays a role at the beginning of their relationship as well yeah when their budding relationship starts it's all over this meal that they that they tend to have and so what i think is quite interesting i, I don't know if you read it as well um after the fact but i, I did some reading and they were talking about the name of the the movie comes from that Confucian saying, and you know the father actually says it uh, to Old Wen when they, after that night of um, that big banquet, and they are a bit drunk and walking away, and he kind of says, you know, eat, drink, man, woman, like, like those are the things you need. It's basically like if you're having good food and good drink and 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 uh, passionate, you know, in, uh, relationships, those are the things that if those things are covered, you're basically happy in life. But he's, you know, and you're saying, is that all there is? And and so it kind of seems like in the beginning, everyone's got the eat and the drink down. That's fine. But but they're still not happy because none of the sisters have found their loves or mm. have have found their sort of um, the passion in their lives. They've all got the food and the drink, but none of them have got the passion. And the same is true of, of the father, obviously, having lost his wife. And then, you know, and so a lot of the story is about them sort of finding that that missing that missing part of their life and as as those things start to happen they start to enjoy the food more as well which i thought was quite mm. interesting almost that theme going throughout like in the beginning no one's got the passion in their lives and the food is terrible they don't like it they're just picking at it and as soon as the dad leaves they kind of all just throw it in these boxes and take it away and give it to people and and as the passion starts coming to their lives, they start eating more at the Sunday dinners. And it's a good theme to sort of see how when all of those things come together, everything starts to flourish, which I thought was quite interesting. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I feel like subconsciously I was seeing that, but I don't know if I'd really thought that. So that's pretty cool. Mm. Um, yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about, um, I think in the movie, she's Jin Ron. Now, she yeah. is a family friend, I believe, of... Uh, Mr. Chu and her daughter. Jin Rong, is... No, Madame Liang is the is the mother. Jin Rong is the daughter. Ah, Am I... pardon me. I think yes, that's yeah. right. That's right. Yep. Yeah. And then they've got their grandmother as well um, in the picture. Am I getting that right? Wait, let me think of the tears. the The, the granny old woman is mm. Madame Liang. Then the do- yes. the the daughter who went to school with, I think the was it the the middle daughter. Or the yes, oldest daughter? I think so. Yeah. She's is that Jin Rong? And then the the, the, the little girl, the Shan Shan. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. Well, no, I just want to check we're on the same good, page. That was good clarification. Um <laughs> yes. Yeah, so 
you see, it's interesting talking about that theme of food is that mm. um, Mr. Chu, he spots Shen Shen at the bus stop with mm. the dumplings in her bag and finds out that that's her breakfast. She's got a few crumpled up notes for her lunch and mm. is like, well, let me make you some food and goes and cooks. He, it's great because he cooks and then he walks in and he's like, this isn't really like, I haven't prepared many dishes. Um, <laughs> and I I got it up here because I want to say exactly what he writes, uh, what he brings. Yeah, so he, he brings like this, the, the one of those really cool dishes where, with the metal, small mm. circle, big circle, bigger circle, all carried mm. in the, I don't know what it's called, but yeah. a very cool dish. And so brings out like, Spare ribs, crabs with vegetables, shrimp with green peas, bean sprouts, and sliced chicken, and bitter melon soup. Yeah, and you can just see everyone. Just see, it's so good. Everybody in the classroom just gathers around her, and yeah. then later in the movie, she's taking orders from all of the kids <laughs> of like what they want, and yeah. Mr. Chu's like, "Yeah, I can make it." And then Mr. Chu then eats her lunch, um, yeah. which is made by. Um, Jin, Jin Rong, by Jin Rong, yeah. So then, then, so that is flowing, and you don't really see Mister Chu and Jin Rong interact too much. They interact at one no. point, basically, when the secret is revealed. Well, not the secret, but the the fact that he is making the lunch for mm. Shan Shan is re- is revealed, and they kind of have a quick interaction then, and she rushes off. Um, mm. And then you see a lot more of the grandma with Mr. Chu, mm, um, yeah, especially him, as yeah. the girl, as girls start leaving the house, that relationship develops more mm. and more until you get mm. to this final banquet, which is another extravagant thing with all of these dishes. And you're right. A lot more eating of the food. Um, basically mm. everybody's happy except the middle daughter who has lost her apartment and is, is basically made up her mind to stay and look after her dad. Um, rather than take a promotion and move to Amsterdam, mm-hmm. and then and I'm sorry, just to interject in that yeah, thing, and, and a yeah. lot of a lot of that a lot of that choice for her staying, we haven't even mentioned this because she had accidentally seen her dad at the hospital going coming in and out of the cardiovascular unit, That's and right. now yes. she's obviously assuming he must have some sort of heart condition that he's not telling anyone about, and so she's basically going, well, all my sisters are now marrying off, I've got to stay behind and give up my dreams to make sure that my dad is okay. Yeah, and and that obviously is even becomes more of a decision for her when old Wen dies. Um yeah. because he's going she's going, well, if he's died and my dad's in the cardiovascular ward, like the clock is ticking if he keeps working of when he's going to be next, I imagine. Um mm. and so yeah, and then you have the biggest most shocking announcement of the whole movie, which is yeah. when you, everybody is expecting Mr. Chu to say that he's going to marry the grandma and mm. that's going to be it. But he says that he's marrying Jin Rong. Yeah. The, the, the same age the, as his daughter. Uh-huh. Um, and I think a justifiable reaction by everyone in the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially um, Madame Liang. She has a yes. little meltdown there. She does, and and I love that she's kind of like, lie me on the couch, and then she still have, and has enough 
time to like let off all of these insults. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it sort of then kind of very quickly moves from that shocking scene. They kind of jump ahead in time to where, um, Jin Rong is pregnant again. Um, Mr. Chu's mm, living with wow. her. He's, her husband and yeah, well done. Well done, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. At that age. I know. Um, and then, you know, the youngest daughter has had her baby and mm. the oldest daughter is, is enjoying married life. So basically no, no one comes to the last dinner except for Mr. Chu mm. himself that his middle mm. daughter's making. And, yeah, quite an interesting ending. Basically, he's like suddenly criticizing all of the middle daughter's cooking, and then yeah, goes, too much oh, ginger. Wait. Yeah. Oh wait, I can taste again. And then basically, yeah. they say, you know, daughter and father, and that's that's the end. Um, mm. I don't know if you had any other thoughts about sort of the end of the movie. No, but I think it was interesting if we if we're talking about that whole thing of of uh everything almost coming together when all of your when all of those needs are met you know the man woman eat and drink and so he was losing his taste buds he was losing his ability as a chef to you know taste correctly until the part of his life which was the the passion part and he's now you know met or i say met jinrong they are now married having a child together and so now that that part of his life is fulfilled the other part seems to now come back to him again his taste buds are back again um now that the passion part of his life is fulfilled and so it's interesting to see that um yeah that you know it kind of comes full circle for him uh you know back to back to being you know he can be that that chef once again but but i also thought it was quite interesting um like the middle daughter who is cooking for him. There's like a whole narrative of how she actually didn't want to be this airline executive. She wanted mm. to be, she wanted to follow in her father's footsteps and be a chef. And, and it kind of was quite damaging to their relationship. Um, when he basically for, forbade her from going into um, studying cooking and studying to be a chef and following in his footsteps. And I think she was quite obviously quite hurt by that. And, and they have that whole, you know, they talk about it briefly, I think, in the hospital with old Wen. She's talking to old Wen about it mm. um, is when it first comes out. There's a lot of scenes of her in the home when she's kind of looking in the pantry longingly at all of these amazing ingredients that her father has. And she she's she says previously, it's his kitchen. I'm not allowed in there. And um, so I think, you know, the, she got kind of pushed into this whole world of something else entirely and now she's now is moving to Amsterdam now that her father is is living with Jin Rong she is actually going to leave and I think it's quite telling that the last thing that they say is that father-daughter thing it's almost like mm. their relationship is healed as well um you know from that from that big blowout potentially of you know not obviously I think there was quite a lot of hurt and pain in that whole process that has now also been healed at the end which is quite nice mm. Definitely. And I, I think that's one of the cool scenes is when she actually goes and buys all those ingredients mm. to make for her, what's her ex-boyfriend that they're kind of just yes. having a fling. Like they, they talk about at the beginning how it's much better for them to just sort of see each other on the side than mm. to be an actual couple because they used to fight so much. Yeah, um, they're like friends with benefits now. 
basically yeah and and so she brings all of this food over and says mm. basically i'm locked out of my kitchen i need to make food here and yeah. you can see she's like a very accomplished chef herself yeah um yeah which but she is... seems to imply that after, I mean, that she would go to the kitchen after school and she would, her dad would show her how to cook and everything, almost like, oh, this is so great. You, you taking an interest in, in what I do until it got to a point where it was almost too serious. And he was like, I don't want this life for you. I want mm. you to achieve more. And she's like, why didn't, why didn't, why doesn't anybody care what I want? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I thought was quite interesting as well. It's interesting, like how old Wen basically is saying, "Don't hold a grudge against your father." Like, mm. you know, he uh, one day his emotions are going to be able to have to come out, or he's going to end up like me. Um, and it's interesting, really, that kind of only show of affection is the very probably the very final word he says in the movie, mm. um, because up into up from there he still doesn't really show much emotion. Like he only the only time he cries is at old Wen's funeral um but the rest of the time he's sort of yeah the most affection i think he shows is for shan shan um oh definitely like definitely i think the that's a very interesting relationship because it gives you an insight of basically what he was probably doing for his daughters when they were in school Mm -hmm. but also um that i think she is the sort of stand-in for like you know she's not going she's not gonna like she loves his food she's not gonna go and run off with a boy or go Mm -hmm. leave the house or like she's basically everything his own daughters can't really be for him at the moment um and yeah that's interesting yeah i i feel bad i feel bad for the middle sister unfortunately because you know she's forced into a career she didn't really want but she succeeds at it she doesn't find love by the end of the movie she's the one character who's alone um you don't really Um, know what she's going to do they've sold the house you she she does take you know she's going to go to amsterdam sorry um that's the only thing you know she's going to do and she yeah she doesn't find love and i yeah you feel you feel like well you saved up all this money for this apartment and you got duped and yeah Yeah. you i felt bad for her I think it's funny because they seem to imply um I think I think they seem to imply throughout that she's she's like the the beautiful sister of the three you know um and and there's always this feeling like oh don't worry like whereas whereas when Madame Liang you know the old granny comes to the house and she keeps talking to the other sisters of going like you need to find a boyfriend you need to get married you need to find a husband when she talks to uh Jie Chiang I think the middle sister and she's saying to her, like, you don't, she doesn't say the same thing to her. She's almost saying, you're going to have so many men that you need to actually play the field and you need to choose wisely. So I think there's almost this thought, like, it's not, a, no one's worried about her actually ever getting married or finding a man because she's so beautiful. I see that seemed to be what I picked up from mm, conversations, you know? True. And so I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that it's almost interesting that she, like you say, she was the one who was left without a man at the end. Um, once again, we're just talking in the context of the movie, not that that's the be all and the end all, but in the context of the culture and the movie, having a, a partner is, is quite an important deal to them. So um, it was quite interesting in that aspect. And, and if we want to go back to the, um, 
the Shan Shan thing, one of the scenes that I thought was was quite sweet was when she's when she's taking those orders for the food from all of her classmates. Mm. And then there's a scene where someone said, I can't remember what they said. And she's like, no, 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 that's too easy. He won't do that. Make it more difficult for him. You know, yeah. he's, a, he he's such a good cook. Like, yeah, something like that. And she's like, no, 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 no. I don't know if you understand who this man is. Like, you need to challenge him. But, um, and, and I just love the fact that he, he is so willing. Because I think that, like you say, he's not an affectionate man but he shows his love through his cooking. And so his mm. love for Shan Shan is that he's every day will now go and make her and now her entire class, you know, food. And he does these big Sunday dinners almost as his way of going, you know, rightly or wrongly, I might not say I love you enough to my daughters, but here's a physical representation of how much I love you. I spend mm. 10, 12 hours every week on one day cooking this meal for you, whether you pick at it or don't like it or not this is still my way of showing you i love you so yeah um, yeah yeah it's, I thought it's it was funny quite interesting. How, yeah yeah it's funny how like food eat like you know love is food in in that mm. context but it's this very much unrequited love for most of the mm. movie like it's not enough like for those girls um for the life stage they're at yeah you know they they reject a lot of it which is Again, which you think is crazy because you're watching the opening scene and you're going, "Wow, like, yeah, this is crazy. Like, mm. this is um, this is this feels like he's making a meal for like a dinner party of twenty guests, not just yeah. his three daughters." Um, yeah, and yeah, it's sort of interesting how he doesn't really. I think I think at even one point he probably knows that it's not enough in one way, mm. but like he doesn't change, like he still keeps mm. doing it, um, almost mm. as if like that's he like you said like rightly or wrongly this is basically all I know how to do and I'm not really willing to go much more above this in terms of like my parent like you hear him when he's drunk um, mm. talking to old Wen and you sort of when people are drunk they often release their true feelings. And you hear the way he talks about his daughters, like, mm. and he's quite crass about their futures and them leaving the house. Like, he doesn't really care. Um, mm. And I think that cha I think that changes as the movie goes along. But I just find that in the context of like food being used in movies, yes, food is love in this movie, but it's almost like the food isn't enough, even though it's incredible, which I find yeah. really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's funny because it is like, it's like anybody who's the best at their craft, giving the very best of the very best. You know what I mean? There's probably, like you say, there's, there's people um, in that city who would pay top dollar to eat that man's food, you know, once in their lifetime. And these girls get, you know, the very best of, of his cooking and he's the best at what he does. And, you know, as they keep saying, like, he's the master. Um and uh, and they almost don't appreciate. It's like they It's like it's like being given gold in your hand, and you're like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. So what? You know, <laughs> which is quite interesting. But um, but I thought from an overall uh, overarching theme, I think for especially for what is a I think it was a mid '90s. I think it was a '94 release. Yeah. Um, um, I thought it was quite interesting. Um, like the the societal representation of 
what I what I imagine would still be somewhat communist China um, at that point. But I think it was set in Taiwan. It is set in Taiwan. Yeah, the so director I think is that actually they, Taiwanese. So yeah, so I think it was a slight. You know, they Taiwan is a, is obviously a bit of a rebellious in their eyes uh, a city state. So it was quite interesting just to kind of see how the society all worked. It actually seemed quite idyllic at some points. Mm. I, I I was I was quite. Um, kind of blown away by just how beautiful everything looked you know yeah i don't know what your take on that was i've i mean i've been to china um mm. which was cool i went on a, a mission trip with my school and um mm. we spent time in beijing and we spent time in fuzhou so i got to see sort of two sides of china in that sense um the more developed city and the the city that was uh like a was really struggling and mm. yeah it, it, it was sort of i don't know this is weird but it sort of reminded me of like singapore and how like clean mm -hmm. yeah it was, was very clean that yeah. makes sense very very it, clean um and even just like the school like that yeah. um the oldest daughter works at like quite great buildings and good resources and the office at the mm. oldest daughter works for like m microphones like did people yeah. used to have microphones in their office was that a thing in the 90s i don't know i saw that i mean i thought that was hilarious i mean even just when she's teaching and she's talking into a microphone as a teacher i mean that, that yeah i don't know I they mean, must have done as a teacher it, i'm sure it makes a lot of sense to have a microphone because you'd be saving your voice um yeah i work with children and definitely a microphone <laughs> is, would be handy. Some 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 days I come home with not much of a voice. Um, yeah, good point. And, yeah. Anyway, getting distracted. But basically, like I do think the the city does look quite idyllic. And I think they the the boyfriend of the younger daughter says like, oh no, or was it the no? It was the um the volleyball coach says basically, oh you mm. live in a a really nice part of town. Um, yeah. And she's like, it's old. But it is so. Maybe that's why it isn't. It isn't a nice old part of town. Maybe he's got mm. enough money from his chef job to afford a yeah. a nice place. Um, well, that's what I also found quite was found quite surprising is that their house is massive. I mean, massive. for for Asia, and I know once again you can't compare because it's not the same country. But I know that in Korea, when I was there, only like the like the like when I told the kids like the concept of I lived in a house here in South Africa, I have a house and it's, and it's on the ground, you know, like they were like, whoa, you must be so rich because only the wealthiest people can afford to own like their own land because everyone just lives in high rise apartment buildings because there's just no yeah. space, yeah. you know? So when you look at that as, as well, and once again, I'm not saying Taiwan is the same as Korea, but I imagine that, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure Taiwan is quite a small landmass. Um, you know, there's a space is at a is at a premium. So to have the size house they have, I mean, it seems like quite a big deal. Yeah, and he obviously had the yard. Like he has his own chickens and has yeah. his own fish, and um, obviously could afford to have all of those ingredients every Sunday. Yeah. So the yeah. man obviously has some money um, to time. be able to make those meals. They're, they're Jeez, I don't think yeah. they're cheap. Um, no. All right. We probably any any mentions of the let's talk about the food now. I, I don't know what mm. recipe I'm going to make yet. Um, mm. I'm kind of was a bit intimidated by a lot of the things that the <laughs> chef made in this movie. I, I Not liked the, I liked maybe making something 
quite simple. Like they make bitter melon soup a lot. I'm like, mm. maybe that's something I could make. Um, mm. I don't know. I'll have to have a look at some of the dishes and, you know, I mean, I'd say the easiest thing you could do is try to recreate the Wendy's burger. So, <laughs> <laughs> genius. um, mm. great. It's, that's perfect. Um, no, I think there's also, I mean, um, so when they, <laughs> I don't know if I just had funny subtitles or not, but when they, when they, um, when the youngest daughter and Guo Lan or whatever uh, are at that noodle bar and he's their their budding relationship is kind of starting and they serve him and she hands it to him. She goes, here's your stinky tofu. I don't know if you had the same yeah, yeah, subtitle yeah. as me. I had me. the same subtitle. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what a weird name for a dish, stinky tofu. So right. I probably wouldn't recommend, I probably wouldn't recommend that because it doesn't sound very appetizing, but um, well, I think you could yeah. get away. I said a lot of it is like, a lot of it is really deep fried. Like a lot of the stuff is really deep fried in those deep woks. Mm. You could get away with doing some sort of like, because um, he seems to do like a, like a, like a flour dusted fish fillet or something. That's right. Fried. He I mean, kind of gets those um, fillets and kind mm. of fries them and he's pour, get, using a spoon to get oil onto yeah. kind of every part yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot to choose from. All right. Whatever I end up deciding, I'll chuck it in the episode here. Okay. Chris here interjecting to let you know that I'm not making bitter melon soup. I have come up with two great recipes for this episode, braised Taiwanese pork and boba tea, Taiwanese boba tea. So I'm going to pass it over to myself, recording my thoughts as I make and eat and drink both of these recipes. Okay, so our first film-inspired recipe for this episode is inspired by all the elaborate meals made for the dinners by the dad in this film and I've been inspired to make Taiwanese braised pork and this is a recipe that requires a bit of dedication but it is oh so worth the wait you are using really great pork belly with all of these different spices and soy sauce and basically frying it slow cooking it and it's delicious you serve it with rice and boiled eggs and i'm about to try it now so i've got my bowl in front of me ready to dive into this taiwanese braised pork wow that is extremely extremely delicious the slow cooking has made that pork so tender being allowed to sit in that soy sauce and all of those spices for so long has just made it the tenderest, juiciest, most flavor-packed pork some of it I've ever eaten before, combined with the rice and the boiled egg. Mm. Even the boiled egg has sucked up all of that flavor, and it's this really savory boiled egg with that pork flavor in it, and that is blowing me away right now. I'll definitely love to make this again. <clears throat> I'm not always the biggest fan of pork, but I do love um, the Asian style of cooking pork, and this Taiwanese version is absolutely incredible. And something I really recommend that you make at home. Wow. I've got another recipe coming up for you in just a second, but please go and check this one out. The recipe will be in the show notes on our social media. Please let us know, take a photo. Let us know what you think of this Taiwanese pork. I'll definitely be making this again. 
Now on to our second recipe. Okay, so coming at you with our second film-inspired recipe from Eat, Drink, Man, Woman. Now, I'm not sure if this dish is actually, or this di- or this drink, is actually mentioned in the movie, but it is a Taiwanese icon that's kind of taking over Australia at the moment, which is boba tea or bubble tea. And I had never drunk bubble tea until the job that I work in, my children in my youth group were keen to do a bubble tea week and thought I was very weird the fact that I hadn't tried it. So I went out and tried it and I love it. I love iced tea and I know that the tapioca pearls can be a bit of a controversial issue, but I'm a big fan of them. So I decided that as a second bonus recipe for this episode, I will make some homemade boba tea and teach you how to make both a a lemon honey boba tea and the more traditional milk tea. So I am going to try first off the honey lemon tea. So this is normal black premium tea brewed with some brown sugar, some lemon and some honey with tapioca pearls. So let's give this a try. I mean, that is pretty good. I've basically nailed the pearls. They're soft and really, really delicious, have that great texture. The lemon and the honey and the sugar just create such a beautiful, fresh, sweet drink. And I'm in love. It's great. Let's move over to the milk boba tea, which is a tea that I brewed in a pot, some loose leaf premium tea, a cup of water, and a cup of milk, some brown sugar, and some honey, plus the tapioca pearls. Let's give it a go. Yeah, that is also great. You're getting the really kind of sweetness of the milk and the sugar and that real strong tea flavor, which I adore, plus the tapioca pearls. Now, this was really easy for me to make at home. The biggest problem you'll need to find is finding your tapioca pearls. I found them in an Asian grocery store and they're really easy to make. You just need to follow the instructions on the packet, but it's usually just boiling them in water, following the instructions, and you'll get beautiful tapioca pearls. I definitely recommend you give this a go. Go onto our website, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You'll find the recipe. Um, Enjoy making these bubble tea drinks. Back to the episode. Yeah, was there any other food that we forgot that we need to mention? Um, I think we've... No, I think we covered most of it because, uh, yeah, I think he he tend he seemed to tend to. I mean, once again, he puts those dishes on the table, and there's like twenty dishes. They don't really tell you what they all are. They just look magnificent. So mm. it's hard to kind of go, oh, that's a, that's a this thing or a, mm. you know, but um, yeah, I don't know. We know he yeah. uses chicken and you know he uses chicken and duck and pork and fish. And beef. That's right. <laughs> he basically what was he... He runs the full gamut. Yeah. What was he blowing into? Was that a was a that duck? A, was that a duck? That was a duck. Yeah. yeah that was Crazy. a that was a weird that was a weird thing to 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 watch. Just kind yeah. of blowing. It looked like he was giving CPR to this dead duck uh-huh. and watching its stomach just inflate. Wow, that was weird. I feel like that was edited into quite a normal scene happening with one <laughs> of the daughters as well. Um, yeah. If I remember correctly, so it felt quite jarring because I was a bit like, "Oh wow!" Like you were blowing into that. I did find the cutaways in that movie quite strange. They tended to love 
for some reason cutting away to a, that woman directing traffic, which yeah. made no yeah. sense contextually. I didn't really understand what the point of that was. At they kept, the school? Oh, was that at the school? It was just that it was like a woman. It was like a woman in the middle of a busy street on this little podium. Just she was like the, you know, instead of the um the All traffic right, yeah, lights, yeah, she's yeah. just directing traffic. And did they cut to her like two or three times at no, random true. parts of the movie? No, that I wasn't didn't really get school. if that was meant to be symbolic or not, but I don't know. I'm thinking of all the motorbike, like the guy riding oh, yeah, the yeah, motorbike. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. But that was different yeah. to those. Yeah, that was different. So, yeah, I don't know. I, lo- oh, I love the one scene when he came out on his bike and, his, and, and for, for 1994, he's obviously meant to look quite cool, but those aviator glasses were just slightly too small for him. And he ended up, yeah. he looked, he looked quite dorky, but I, <laughs> in the movie, he's meant to look super cool. But, oh yeah. Um, I thought that was quite funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I liked the karaoke scene as well. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, that was cool. Where the, was that? The... Was that like, was that like in the, the school staff room? Yeah, I'm not sure. I wondered if they hired a place because um, it seemed like little... she walked from her classroom and they could hear it in the, on in the hallway yeah. from her classroom. So maybe it was maybe it was at the school. But it's funny, like the song she chose was like very classic, like her personality, like yeah. this sort of like I don't know. I hadn't heard that song, but it's like a very based off that um, pa- that love passage from the Bible, I think. Um, yes 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 yeah um all right well is there anything we're missing before we move on to sort of final ratings or reviews i mean the only the only plot point the only plot point we didn't really touch on which doesn't i mean it it kind of is important for her the older sister is those love letters that she keeps getting on Mm. her desk that she thinks is from the volleyball teacher and so she's getting really excited you can kind of see her in the background getting really excited the whole time and when she sees him she thinks oh, this guy is really into me. And then obviously outside of that, he keeps inviting her to come to this volleyball tournament or something to watch him. But it's quite strange because they kind of, it's almost like they build this whole thing up, like, oh, they 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 do secretly like each other. And then all of a sudden you find out every morning she's coming in and finding these love letters on her desk. It's actually been a prank by her students. Yeah. And you go, oh no, this sucks. This is terrible because now he doesn't actually like her. It's been a whole prank. But then it's like, no, he does actually still like it. So you're like, oh, okay. This yeah. is this is like a confusing red herring because it's not yeah. a red herring at all. Yeah, that was that was interesting because it's set up that that makes it makes sense because the first scene of her teaching, she's chastising those boys for handing out uh, love letters in the in her classroom. But then, yeah, it doesn't really. You kind of go, I sure you threw that in there, I guess, for some more dramatic tension, but. Yeah. But they still end up together. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And uh, and not even very like they, not only did they end up together, literally it was like, okay, we like each other and instantly married. Yeah. So, yeah. And so, it's so um, funny. Yeah. It's very it's very funny. And yeah, also very like I felt the in terms of the editing, very kind of tragically comedic how very quickly it would cut from that dinner where the announcement was made to yeah. one of the daughters getting on a motorbike or getting in the car and, and leaving. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was sort of like, no, there wasn't <laughs> like any sort of like convers- follow-up conversation on the table. It was just like, boom, in, straight into an edit yeah. and they're gone. And you'd be like, okay, wow. That yeah. happened fast. Yeah. I also was wondering, because I was trying to, at that one point when the first, the first time it happened with the youngest daughter, when she said, oh, I've met this guy 
uh, and I'm also pregnant with this child. Um, and then it, like instantly, like you say, it cuts to them getting in a taxi. And I was like, is this meant to be like a while later or did they literally just leave the dinner instantly? Because I think she's still in the same clothes. So it's quite, a, it is, it's quite a funny little moment where they have these big announcements instantly gone. Yeah, so. and there's, there's the, with the um, oldest daughter, we at least see the husband, her and her husband come back to get some of the yes. boxes. So I was like, okay, that yeah. sort of makes more yeah. sense. But yeah. yeah. Um, so all right. All right. Well, yeah. let's do some final ratings. So score out of 10 for the food, score out of 10 for the film. Do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? Yeah, you go first. You go first this time. I went first last time. Yeah, fair enough. I think. Fair enough. I, I should go um, remember. Okay. I, I've i got no idea what my ratings are, so we're going to find it along the way. <laughs> it's going to be a journey. Yeah, um, yeah I think... Mm, I don't know. Not that I was disappointed by this movie, but I'd heard lots of like really good things about this film. And I do think it was great. Like I definitely had a good time but i think during our discussion we've talked about a couple of things that i felt like didn't really make sense or weren't really Mm. resolved that i thought wasn't just for the sake of like a story like it was an intentional choice um Mm. it may have been but i don't know if some of those bits worked i think the i think the three storylines and how they all meld together and resolve by the end uh, what does work really well. And as I said, I really like this sort of framing method method of mm. these Sunday dinners. And mm. I think, yeah, I think for that reason, it's not going to get uh, a perfect score for me. I think I'm going to settle on an eight for the film, it's, which okay. is... That's still quite high. A, I mean, still quite high. Um, like, yeah. I still think it was this... You know, there doesn't. It's not too much happening in the plot, in the sense that it's quite mm. a low scale. It's following more of a relate. It's more of a relational drama than sort of any mm. massive plot revelations, except for the big announcements that happen at the dinners. So I still, I still had a really good time. I'd really, really recommend it. Uh, but I think I would settle on an eight. And then for the food, um, this was where I'm a bit torn in that. You have the opening scene, which is basically an all-timer. It's one of the best food scenes mm. I've seen in a movie. Like, incredible. Yeah. Obviously, you said it took a week. And yeah. you don't see that sort of level of food preparation in any sort of movie. Like, the, I'm sure the budget on that must have been pretty insane yeah. as well. You have the great restaurant scene. You have the scene of the middle daughter cooking. You have seen of the young daughter and the sticky tofu. You have the other banquets. Um, yeah, and at some levels, like, I don't know if I can give it a full score because I do think that, that, I don't know, I don't know if it's as prominent in in maybe the second half of the movie as it is. And of course, mm. there's the great lunchboxes for Shan Chan. Mm. So it's still very, very high rating for me, but I think I'm also going to settle on an eight. Okay. Two eights. Oh. For me that's good yeah i can i can see that i think <clears throat> okay so for the movie i think um like you say a lot of unresolved things i i went in i don't know if it is if it's meant to be or not but it, it, all of the things that i saw said um 
drama, romance, comedy. So I thought, okay, it's going to be like maybe a little bit, you know, slapsticky or or maybe a little bit. And I didn't really pick up on the comedy in it. I mean, there was there's some fun cuts and there's like, a, you know, like the silly moments, like when she goes to get her husband um, and she opens the door into his knee or something. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's yeah. and he's like, oh, ouch. And you're like, okay, that's not really. But outside of that, it's, it is more very, just very drama focused. So that's fine. So, I mean, I think I got sold down the river a little bit by the by the description on the on the movie poster. But um, but I think in terms, I love the cooking scenes. I love the, I really did enjoy those. Um, and I loved his, I loved his relationship with Shan Shan. And I really liked the, just sort of watching those sort of things. Those are really fun. And, but I think, like you say, with, with the unresolved plot points, um, I, I would probably give it a seven uh, out of 10, I think for that. Um, um, but the but for the food, I would probably give it an eight, eight and a half, I'd say, just because they because of the because I think in other movies we've watched, we've seen we've seen good food, but we've maybe seen like less than ten dishes maybe in the whole movie, and in the opening sequence you see probably about twenty dishes, yeah. and then you see another like when he does that stuff for Shanchan, like another five or six, and then you know you just you get to the quantity of food you get to see in this movie, and the variety I think is so strong that I um even though you don't know what it is, it all looks delicious. And, and I, and I want to eat all of it. Uh, <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I'd have to give that quite a high score. I think, um, even though you'd like the prevalence of it and maybe some of the preparation of it to be more prominent in the movie, they did a good job of sort of showing you quite a vast array of it, I think across the course of the film. So I was, I was settled on an eight and a half for the food aspect. Nice. Yeah. Well, we're pretty similar in our thoughts. Mm. then. So, yeah, yeah well, I, yeah, I really, it was a, I still think it was definitely worth recommending. I think if you know what you're going in for, I think you'll, if you, yeah, it, I don't know. <laughs> I did not, this, I'm glad I didn't know it was a comedy because I, uh, I, how, how <laughs> could you call it a comedy? I don't really know. I know. I know. It's funny. I'm trying to see um, if, uh, yeah. Look, even, sorry, even on the Wikipedia, yeah. I mean, the very first line says, Eat, Drink, Man, Woman is a 1994 comedy drama directed by Ang Lee. And I just do not pick up on that, the comedy yeah, aspects of it at all. That's interesting. Now the movie yeah. that I did the Omirice for, Tempopo, that is mm. the definition of a comedy drama. That movie is hilarious. Um, yeah. Definitely recommend you check that one out. I would I okay. would no doubt say that that's a comedy compared to what this movie is. Yeah. yeah. This movie's not bad. It's just, yeah, if you have, no. expectations can ruin your movie experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I agree. So, I think yeah, like I said, I think I went in, I went in, and I was kind of just waiting for stuff to liven up a little bit, comedy-wise. That's my own bad, you know. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have hopefully I, seen I that. Mean, you, you, can't, you can't avoid <laughs> it if that's what they tell you what it is. Well, yeah, you know, yeah. what are you meant to do? Um, yeah. Oh well. Well. Before you go, um, why don't you tell everyone where they can find your show and find <clears throat> you <throat> on the internet? Um, yeah, great. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I mean, it, my, my show, Fantastic History of Food, is available on basically all of the uh, podcast uh, apps, podcatchers, I think they call them. Um, so Apple, iTunes, Spotify, uh, Spreaker, blah, 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 blah. There's on all of them. Um, so that's great. Um, and then uh, on on Twitter and stuff, so I'm at Nick Charlie Key and the, the, the podcast is at Food History Pod. 
So, yeah. So good. Yep. Um, <laughs> support if you if you get really into the show, um, you can always support Nick on Patreon, um, which yeah, is, <laughs> uh, which is good too. But yeah, they uh, they're really great episodes. Um, I know people have to like take out two days to listen to my episodes sometimes because they can be so long. But um, you only need you know you can fit a whole fantastic history of food podcast episode into the time you wash the dishes so they're, mm, they're great true. um at, because they're so easy to fit into your day so definitely yeah. if you if you like food or you like history or you like both or you just like cool stories i think you'll definitely enjoy it so definitely go check that out thanks well nick it was so great having you at once again very welcome to come back on um i don't think like there's ever ever <laughs> I don't know if I'm ever going to run out of movies. I'm sure there's plenty and plenty to yeah. go and discover. So yeah. um, we'll make this happen again at some point. Yeah, thanks, man. I love it. Like I said, I mean, this is third time on, and uh, I'm, I just love it every time you message me and say, hey, let's do another one, because I always get so stoked, even if my um, ability to schedule them is always a, <laughs> it's always a problem with two kids and a job. I mean, it's it's, uh, it's heavy days. But, no, but uh, yeah, once again, I loved... Um, I love just just seeing into like this world of movies that is not this is definitely your forte but you you share it with me and i love it because i get to experience these things i would otherwise not experience so thank you well thank no thank you for making the time i only have one child and know how difficult it is to schedule things even <laughs> with a, one baby so yeah you mm. fitting me in is just um great so thank you so much Cool, man. Have a great rest of your day and uh, yeah, you. look forward to hearing your, your other episodes that come out. Okay, well that about does it for this episode. A film and food review of the 1994 film Eat, Drink, Man, Woman. Thank you so much to Nick Charlie Key again for coming on the show. It's always such a blast to have you on and I love recording our episodes and thank you for lending your expertise to this show Please, please, if you haven't checked out his show, The Fantastic History of Food Podcast, you need to go check it out. It features all of these great stories from history that somehow revolve around food. So if you like this podcast, I'm pretty sure you're going to love Nick Charlie Key's podcast as well. All the links will be in the show notes of this week's episode. So go follow him on Twitter, go subscribe to his podcast, support him, become a patron of his if you are so inclined, but go support him and his show. And thank you, Nick, for coming on. And I'm really looking forward to when we can record another episode again. Are you a fan of the Film and Food podcast? If you enjoy the episodes we make and all of the things we do, I'd like to ask you if you would be willing to give us a five-star rating or review on your favorite podcasting platform, particularly Apple Podcasts and Spotify. These ratings help us get into new listeners' ears and into the people who want to hear our show. So thank you to everyone who's given us a rating or review already, and thank you so much for your support. Make sure you follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We post videos and all sorts of other content to keep you up to date and give you some behind the scenes of what happens on the show, including behind the scenes of how I make some of the recipes and all sorts of other things, videos from the different episodes. So go and check it out. You'll get something more from your film and food podcast experience and also stay up to date with everything going on with the show. So go make sure you follow us on all of those platforms. Make sure you email us. The address is fans at filmandfoodpodcast.com. That's fans at filmandfoodpodcast.com. What did you think of the film Eat, Drink, Man, Woman? What did you think of the two recipes that we gave you this episode? Please let us know, take a photo, send it in, give us your feedback, suggest a movie to review or a TV show to review, 
or something that you want from the podcast, let us know. The most important thing is to join the conversation. Until next time, goodbye and thanks for listening.